is uh, This is Joe Cole. This is Ruben Loftus Cheek, and you're listening to the London, the London is Blue podcast. podcast. All right, welcome back to another episode of the London is Blue podcast. As always, your host Brandon, Joe, my host Nick, and Dan. And as you can tell by my voice, we are doing the Tottenham match review, coming at you with optimism and excitement. Because why wouldn't I? I have no other reason than results to be in this mood. Op- optimism and excitement, huh? A little O and E. Okay. I don't think people say that, but uh, but sure, yeah. We could start it. It could be our little thing. Hey, on Twitter, a little O and E. If you know, you know. Uh, I am I don't bringing think it's gonna it. Catch on the same way as three word match reviews or you know Nick Doing or the match or anything test. else I've no. created. I just the the second one I went to was Nick. You know, but okay, that's fine. You know, whatever. I am a legend, so. It's fine. Yeah, he is. Hmm. Oh, keep, well, her, keep her moving. We're fine. We're uh, we're doing the thing uh, as we're obligated to do. We're, uh, we're here so we don't get fined, people. Not contractually, That's... but uh, to you, the lovely listeners out there who are tuning in uh, in the dozens, uh, we gotta we gotta talk about it. We gotta we gotta give a little update of where it's at. We had a good week last week with pods. Uh, we had a lot of different voices. So if you missed it, Matt Law was on. He gave context around kind of the ownership group and what they're thinking. Uh, Tweeds did a solo monologue for an hour <laughs> on kind of his views on it on the Tinkerman. Well, oh, to, to be fair, to be fair, he did not plan to. We were celebrating the fact that yeah, this is an amazing opportunity outside of the podcast sphere, and has to focus his time on that. So we are thankful for the time that he got to be a Tinkerman, and now so there is now one Tinkerman again, but there'll be Tinkermen yeah, soon. We- so stay tuned. <laughs> Just based on the plural of the name, we got to get another person in to fill that seat. So uh, can't rebrand so yeah. again. That no. would be the third time we've rebranded the show. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Gary Hayes. I know you're not listening, so I'll make fun of you. But uh, yeah, and then and it, look, the last one of, of last week was the famous CFC back again with uh, the interview about Poundland, which was fucking awesome. Like a really, really cool interview with the people who made the documentary uh, about Ken Bates and uh, and Matthew Harding and football in the 90s and all that sort of stuff and, and how Chelsea was at the center of it. So if you haven't listened to that one yet and you're longing for some good vibes, for the love of God, go listen to them because they actually bring it. Yeah, head to our profile on the app and uh, download the refreshed version. It'll be much better for you. So... Uh, anyways, we'll talk about obviously the lack of progress causing a, an immense amount of pressure for uh, Graham Potter. Uh, a list of suggestions to address, resolve what's happening on and off the pitch uh, to see if we might be able to shed some light. I think we'll just kind of give our general perspectives on state of the state. Uh, you know what we think is happening and compared to other things. What else you know we 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 think might happen or should happen just based on the the history of this amazing club and how we best protect it for the future. So uh, per usual, we kick off with the three-word match review based on, uh, you know, the people and, and the temp check. But apparently, Dan, it was too hot to include. Well, look, there were likely diamonds in the rough. And for those of you who did not get recognized because the surrounding atmosphere was extremely toxic, I apologize to you. But uh, look, out of the 700 plus eight, you know, 800 uh, close to a time of recording, I just couldn't kind of, there wasn't enough, a strong enough hazmat suit to walk through that zone today. So I decided just to, uh, you know, pause on it this time. We'll get back to you on the three-word match review in the next match. That's insane. Back to back 700 plus. Uh, Allow me to sum it up for you. We're not happy. 
That's that's your three words right there. That was the community's three words. Yes. Yes. We, we will sum them all together. Yep. Hmm. Like the multiple Scott Langs of the the multiverse and all right. and quantum. Uh, okay, Dan. There you go. Got it in. Yeah, I know you were chomping at the bit. You were like, uh, we gotta we gotta tie this multiverse together. And he he did it. Look, some people might be more excited to hear my take on that movie than <laughs> what's going on with Chelsea right now. I would. Hmm. I'm in. Uh all right. Uh let's see. Dan, your three word match review. Questions, more questions. Nick? Six since November. That's Premier League goals for, for you at home. Yeah. I said bring the Yanks. So see if we can switch it up a little bit, see what happens. Um, it is uh, time to give a huge shout out to Austin Carter Ryan. Join us on Patreon. We will see you in Discord. Appreciate you all. Uh, Fjord, even on the Apple Podcast train, we are back with another five star. It's been a little bit. Again, Apple Podcast, Spotify, it does a huge amount of help for us that's why we give you free shout outs on the pod hell of a fucking name fjord like Svenric. i really want that to be his real his or her real name i assume it's a he but you know, there i go assuming again uh yeah that's a hell of a name well done uh also announcement we're launching a ted lasso podcast in the next i don't know call it handful of days we're, we're working on the release stuff right hours now. away but but please note that this is a lot of fun. We spent a lot of time this weekend and last weekend getting it all polished up. And so if you are a Ted Lasso fan, you're like, hey, I want to hear more of these idiots espouse over something football related. We got you covered. It's going to be fun. Yeah, you'll you'll see it. We'll definitely uh, get it out there. But uh, very excited for that. Um, any anything else that we can talk about, Dan, before we get into this? Anything? Uh, just a reminder that we're going to be in London in, in a handful of days i know you said bring the yanks but i mean just a reminder we'll we'll be over hopefully we are the missing ingredient and that's just been our fault that chelsea's form has dipped to where it is but we'll be there starting friday we'll be there all the way through the dortmund match and hopefully we see a couple of wins we'll at least see the chelsea women win because that's all they seem to know how to do knock, at this point knock on wood year. dan knock on goddamn wood come on don't I said at least, too. at least that is what we're going to see. Come on. Um, but hey, we're also doing a live show at Classic Football Shorts London on the Friday evening. There is an event, right? Uh, we'll put the link in the podcast descriptions. You also can find it on our Twitter profile. But we'd love to see you on the Friday evening at 7.15 p.m. Uh, it is a five-pound ticket, but that in, that is the price of your first beverage. So it's essentially free. It's just making sure with the limited space that they have that we are maximizing attendance. And I would love to see your friendly uh, shining faces out there if you're in town. And there, uh, I talked to the guy, uh, Lex, who, who runs their shop. They're bringing down some special uh, Chelsea merch from their HQ in Manchester for this one. So it also might be a discount if you Perhaps. attend as well. Perhaps hmm. there is. Hmm. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah. Um, anything else, Dan, do you want to talk about meal prep strategies or anything? Now, tell me about this Chipotle plan that Dan's on because I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm really uh, excited I'm not doing about the Chipotle it. plan, but I'm very interested in what Brandon gave me information on earlier about the catering hack. Uh, that is not what we're doing, but no. uh, sounds awesome. Right. Good idea. All right. Well, match review time. It was Tottenham this past Sunday, the 26th of February. It was the Premier League matchup at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, a load of bullshit. Tottenham to Chelsea, nil. Goals coming from unlikable Oliver Skip. Record score, Harry Kane. 
Do you know that Harry Maguire has lifted another trophy before uh, <laughs> Harry Kane? And Harry Kane Damn. scored like 260-some goals. Wow, you caught me right there. <laughs> oh, man. I need something to hold on to, and that's what I get. Which one is the better Harry when you think about it? <laughs> For the bands, it's definitely Maguire. Anyways, we're going to run it over to the Chelsea 5th stand app for highlights and reviews. Hope they got something because you know what? We need it. Uh, appreciate them letting us use the content. Download it if you haven't. It is full of breaking information. So, uh, yeah. Thanks to Chelsea, and we'll be right back. Perhaps for Chelsea. Here's Raheem Sterling into the penalty area, looking to link up with Joao Felix. And oh, I'll tell you what. A penalty there that was very quickly waved away by the referee. Of course, we know at Stockley Park that they'll be taking another look at that now as Joao Felix tries his look. And you can see the Chelsea players immediately surrounding the referee here. Off his cheek forward seeking Joao Felix who snuck in behind here can't quite make the connection Joao Felix coming forwards here straight at Fraser Forster Harry Kane wants more now Richarlison worked by Tottenham a chance for Hebert to have a go and it comes back off the base of the post now Ziyech the opportunity to switch play to Sterling. Chilwell outside of him, it's still Raheem Sterling, and it's pushed away unconvincingly. Kulisevsky shifts it right to Emerson Royale. Pepped out by Kepa. Now Oliver Skip encouraged to strike, and that's the reason why. 21 seconds into the second half, and Oliver Skip Lashes Tottenham Hotspur into the lead. Son with the Tottenham corner in towards the front post, and that might just wrap it up here this afternoon. Tucked away by Harry Kane. Hasn't been involved in this game a great deal, Harry Kane, but that is his quality. Switch off for a second. Okay, lineup time, Dan. Run us through it. How do we line up? What led us to the sword? Well, it was Kepa Rihabaga between the sticks, Reese James, Thiago Silva for a little bit, uh, Kyle Kulabali and Ben Chilwell as your back line, Loftus Cheek, and Fernandez as your midfielders with Aka Basiesh, Jao Felix, and Raheem Sterling, as well as Kai Havertz. It didn't really end up like this 4 2 3 1. It was. Very interesting in how it actually played out. Um, you did see appearances from Zakaria as well as Mudrik, Mason Mount, and then Abalyang. That's right, coming in for seven courtesy minutes at the tail end of the match. Yeah, the uh, the past maps and the average player positions shook out quite differently. Um, you know, Nick, with the lineup, I was talking to Matt Law about this, you know, because he obviously covers Spurs and Chelsea quite regularly. And he didn't think Potter was going to do it, and he didn't. But he wanted him to match up, right, man for man. Go back three, uh, see if they could just, you know, you know, go man to man, be a little bit more aggressive. Unfortunately, that's not what happened. Uh, he did leverage all five substitutions, you know, which is, is potentially a good thing. A lot of them came late in the game, though. And so it's just, it all kind of just didn't work again. What is this, another six changes uh, after the last match with a week to prepare? 
you know, he says some of it's fitness related, but it's like, I think a reporter asked him, right? So like, do you know your best 11? And as a fan, it's really hard to know. Yeah. <clears throat> it's, it's tough to build consistency at the very least, even if you're going to stick with this four, two, three, one that hasn't scored us any goals. Um, what one goal in February to, to be precise. Um, so congrats to Joao Felix for, uh, uh, winning our goal of the month uh, for for February, you, you did it. Um, but yeah, it's it's uninspired. It's weird. It doesn't necessarily give you a ton of confidence in the guys that we just bought. If all of them are on the bench, bar Enzo Fernandez and 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 Joao Felix. I mean that that is a, it's a weird pill to swallow there. Uh, and you, know, you look at how we've been playing, you know, I, I, I get that, you know, sticking to your guns as a manager is, is how you become good at what you do. But if you, if you just look at the stats and you look at the end outputs, like it's, it's just not working. Right. Um, and you know, there are moments there, there there are periods of every, every match that we played over the last month and a half that we've looked okay. Right. You know, I thought we started this match really well. We're zipping the ball around, but yeah, it's just not doing it. And so, uh, you know, I, I agree with Matt. I would have, I would have tried to match up because they ended up, uh, with Emerson Royale in particular, but even with Ben Davies, who is a slow ass left center back exposing our flanks because we were trying to get ahead and get forward. And, that's just not good enough to lose out to Emerson Royale and Ben Davies is, is a very, very, very poor day out. Yeah. Even Christian Romero back there. Uh, some of the top line stats, Chelsea with 59% possession away. We had, uh, 10 shots, only two on target. Uh, Spurs had eight shots, three on target. So their conversion was, uh, two goals from three shots on target. Pretty good. Unfortunately, uh, four corner kicks a piece. Uh, we had 10 fouls a piece, Three cautions for us, two for them. This game, look, if you don't have big chances, you can't miss them, right? And that's what we did. We had no big chances, none missed. Uh, Spurs did have a big chance uh, as well for them. Um, you Eat know, your heart a, out, Sam. You don't get to add to your stat book this week. So Yeah. You know, when I initially looked at the crosses and we were zero for 16, so 0%. Um, Spurs were 2 for 13 and only 15%. So I, I don't really know how, how effective that strategy was in general. Um, but you know we how had, hard it is to go over? Uh, yeah. I mean, even a blind squirrel finds a nut occasionally. I mean, that's what they say. Goodness. So anyways, it, it was pretty scrappy from there. Uh, we, yeah, had 10 dribbles there, 11. Uh, we had 19 tackles there, 27. Uh, 23 clearances there, 22. It just all kind of like dribbles on a little bit uh, as we get through it. So I'll, I'll just cut it there. But the one random stat before we move on from Matt Opt to Joe was six. Uh, Chelsea have scored six goals across their last 12 games in the Premier League. No side has scored fewer in the competition since the start of November. Chore, uh, Nick, I'm pretty sure you put it in the group chat with the with the friends. Uh, Athletic put it in a essentially a graphic. And it just said it was us and Everton who have scored the least amount of goals since this time. One of those teams is in a relegation scrap. The other one's heading that way. I mean, one of them just had their manager sacked. The other one just had their manager backed. Yep. Again, different circumstances, different situations, but um, those data points are linear. 
So uh, we're going to take our ad break. When we get back, uh, we're going to go ahead and jump right into uh, the pressure on Potter because it is the elephant in the room that we cannot ignore anymore. Thank you to the sponsors, and we'll be right back. Are you missing out on your favorite shows because it's not available in your region? Trying to keep your private time private? Well, let me introduce you to NordVPN. If you're bored of the U.S. Netflix, why not just take it for a spin in the U.K.? Using NordVPN and a click of a button, you can do just that. No need to travel to Japan for your favorite anime when NordVPN brings it right to you with 5,000-plus servers. No show is out of your reach. Using my link, nordvpn.com forward slash London is blue. You can receive a huge discount on a two-year plan with one month free. We all love to binge, but privacy is a big deal too. NordVPN keeps your information encrypted so you never have to worry about your IP or location getting out. They've also doubled down on keeping you safe with their new threat protection feature. Say goodbye to intrusive website ads and malware. Even if you download an infected file, threat protection kicks in and deletes it before it makes a mess of your computer. Don't forget, there's literally no risk to you with their 30-day money-back guarantee. Give it a try, and if you like it, great. If you don't, they'll issue a refund, and you can pretend the entire situation never happened check it out my link nordvpn.com forward slash london is blue to get your subscription started today i feel like i've had to do that a few times in the last few pods the big exhale coming out of the ad break because i know it's ahead of me dan you know you wrote it i'm reading it the listeners are waiting with bated breath pressure for potter i don't know if they're waiting but Bated breath. I think they're maybe enjoying a morning coffee. They're on their commute. They're hopefully using this as a little bit of talk therapy for what's been going on in the world with Chelsea. Uh, but I kind of wanted to underline that, like, first off, this is not just about one match versus Spurs because one individual match in isolation is never the issue and typically does not have underlying. You know, it might have underlying patterns that you can point to, but you know, I think we can't deny the attitude and the atmosphere surrounding the football results at the moment. We, we texted a couple of people who were at the game, and they talked about it as not the away supporters not even necessarily being angry anymore, but just basically accepting that like this is the way we play right now. This is the standard and that apathy is not something that we have been accustomed to seeing in the almost in the nine plus years that we've been doing this together uh, in the many years potentially beyond that uh, from, from like a fandom support, but like this is just, it's a really weird place to be Nick in terms of talking about this now, looking at the run of results and everything piling up and seeing people that we know who have been season ticket holders or have been generational supporters longer than we've, we've ever been, you know, our, you know our, our football heritage compares nothing to their like multi-generational history and like the way that atmosphere and that attitude is changing right now is something I have not, I've not seen yeah, I mean, because we've been doing this so long, we started off this new era by preaching patience. Like, we knew the team was coming off an awful summer. The team started slow. Bunches and bunches of injuries, the most we've ever seen. A midseason World Cup. New signings betting in. 
a bunch of management structure changes. Like there are a thousand different excuses as to why Chelsea are underperforming right now. And, you know, it's not just about one person, but it, it feels to me about the most toxic that we've encountered. And I would say like the other two moments that are up for consideration in the toxicity race uh, are, are, you know, 15, 16 season, which was, you know, a disaster from start to finish and was, and was guided over the line by a steady hand and goose hitting, you know, who, who got us back up to 10th where we currently are in the table. Uh, after we were 16th, you have to remember that we were, <laughs> we were fl- really flirting with relegation that season. And then the other time is when, is when, uh, when sorry was here. Th- that's since we've been doing the pod. I mean, those are the two most toxic places. Um, I think people forgave Lampard. I think people forgave Tuchel, you know, and so on and so forth. But this feels like the most to me. It feels like we're playing the worst of those three instances. And I think, you know, obviously the the notes came out this weekend that Grand Potter and his family are receiving death threats and people are targeting his fucking kids. And like, if you're listening to the show, you're probably not one of these people, but just in case you've sent in some anonymous threats, stop listening to this fucking show. I mean, that is a insane thing to do. I feel terrible for him because he's going through a tough time. And now he has that on top of it, but it's a results-based business, man. You know, like this is the results have been very, very, very bad. Um, and, you know, as patient as, you know, Bully and co have been with the Dodgers, this is a whole different kettle of fish over here. And, you know, I, 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 I think the most dangerous place, Brandon, that you can be is apathy hmm. that you yeah. just don't, that you don't care that yeah. you're like, ah, oh, you're kind of resigned to the fact that this is not going to go well. I mean, it's kind of where I'm at right now. Like I expected us to get pummeled today and, you know, maybe we didn't get pummeled, but we certainly didn't play well. No, we didn't get pummeled, thankfully. Um, you know, credit to Spurs, still finding a way to not really be uh, dynamic or exciting. Um, you know, obviously the results, you know, there's there's no doubt about it. Here's what I would say. I think that Bowley is ripping as much up as he can in trying to rebuild. The problem is everything is in flux. When you talk to uh, Matt Law about stuff, I mean, he's essentially replaced every department head there minus the academy. Like, right? You haven't probably really touched the wind, but everything behind the scenes, Nas said it too, is different. That's hard. And now you also put new uh, football managers and directors in, right? Vivell, Win Stanley, different people. Uh, and now they have to get the new pieces, learn, let them onboard and ramp up. Like everyone has to ramp up with a new job and then start playing consistently. The players in it are in the most unstable footballing environment ever. Like Nick said, whether it's the World Cup, the Queen's passing, the injuries, it is a very unstable uh, environment. And I will tell you, athletes, the one thing they want is stability repeatability predictability they want to know even if it's 
even if the, 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 the physio is not the best physio, if it's who they know and what they're used to, that's what they want. They've had interim after interim, new people coming in. Here's what I say. You can't love bully for splashing $600 million in the transfer window and you and then hate him for giving Potter time. Bully's the one who has is ripped everything up out of the ground and is replanting new, new roots. Whether or not it's going to work out, we don't know. But this is the way he's deciding to go for it. He is trying to compress a two- to three-year rebuild into 12 to 18 months. I don't know if it's going to work. He doesn't seem like he's going to blame Potter for what he's doing. We're, this is our situation. It's a 10-year contract. He's here for the long haul. He's got to figure it out sooner than later. But I would say everything going on around is why players are inconsistent and why Potter hasn't been able to get a footing. I'm not saying it's good enough. I don't like it. I don't enjoy watching it. I'm just thinking that's the full picture that is creating all this chaos around the club right now. I think it's frustrating, too, because, you know, when when flashback to this time last year, right? It's been one year since the war in Ukraine has started and basically one year since Chelsea Football Club was put under an insane microscope microscope and was forced to be sold. Right. Assets frozen. Could everything have fans in the stadium? I mean, it was we're almost a, a month away from like when that really heated up. Right. Because it, it was a couple of buffer weeks between the start of the war and, and when the club was under serious consideration from bidders. Bowley had said many things in interviews, both uh, with the club and before he owned the club, that winning is the best way to improve the club. That if you win, everything else takes care of itself. That using, you know, winning as as the metric is is all we really care about, and that is that just hasn't happened, Dan. That's been the frustrating part. But you know, I I look at everything going on, and you know, I think I think Chelsea fans are be, because there's so much change. You have to focus on something, right? Because you can't boil the ocean if you're if you're a Chelsea fan. And I think a lot of fans have honed in on Graham Potter as the one thing that they're going to put some hyper focus on. Some people have, you know, focused on the player performances. Some people have focused on the women's team. Some people have focused elsewhere. But like, this is the now the area of focus, and yeah, it, it's not going well. Yeah, and so you know, just to kind of rewind from the twenty seventh of December through now, nine matches played in the Premier League. That is two wins, four draws, three losses, six goals on an expected 12.3, six goals allowed on an expected 9.7, and, you know, a ridiculously lower number of points than we should have obtained from a list of teams that including included Nottingham Forest, Fulham twice, West Ham, and Southampton. Like you, this was the easy part of our schedule. (laughs) Yeah. You didn't need to be going into the back end of the season with a Liverpool match still on the cards, a Newcastle match still on the cards, several matches that are going to test you way more than some of the teams on this set. And I I think that the challenge now, Brandon is there. There's twofold. There's, managing the game on the pitch to produce the best end outcome and also 
using the media apparatus that you have in post-match, pre-match, sideline, before the game, after the game, to put out something that at least puts people at ease. Because I think the other thing people are pointing to are the answers or the structure of the answers that Graham Potter is putting out to the questions that he is receiving. Now that you could debate whether or not the questions are good or bad. Uh, you know, we, we have some friends in those rooms. So like we, we think that some of those questions are good. We also agree that sometimes some of the questions are not great. Um, but there are questions that need to be asked. I, I think it actually is even more pointed questions like, hey, could you explain in two to three sentences what you want your type of football to look like at Chelsea? That if any of our friends could ask, I would love because I think that is a question that, that could use answering. Um, but there, this is a lot of answers that came out from the post-match press, press conference that left people scratching their heads. Yeah. Uh, a, a big thing is the elite mentality, right? We've had some of the best managers to ever come through world football at Chelsea, and we are so lucky. Very different, right? You think of the Mourinho, even the uh, Ancelotti, obviously Conte. Um, there's so many managers throughout the years. Even Lampard got it, understood it for obvious reasons. Um, I think that's some of the frustration here that that sometimes we're missing. You know, when he says on the pressure, uh, when he's asked about the pressure, he said, there's always that question. You can't stop that question. And while results are like they are, you accept it. I haven't done enough at this club to have too much good faith. I accept that said, my job isn't to worry too much about that. I understand the question, but I have to keep focusing on the team and helping the players. They are good lads who want to win, but at the moment we're suffering, and that is my responsibility. And quote, problem's been a lot of suffering, right? It's been um, a, a, a lot of, um, I don't know, lack of improvement just in general, but he's got a lot of excuses or reasons. I guess we can call them reasons, Nick, you know, of, of why medical injuries, things, suspensions, yada, yada. Today, he didn't play any of our January signings in the starting 11, which, again, was kind of interesting. Enzo and Felix. Enzo and Felix were the two. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, I hear what you're saying. I mean, it, it to me, um, when when we signed him, Bully made the statement, I believe it was Bully, or it might have been Bedad, but either way, that this is going to be a project. Right, that this is going to be a long-term project that we're going to have to get comfortable with each other, and um, you know, I th that is so different than the chop and change, performance review-driven nature of the Abramovich era. That it's been a shock to the system. Like in the Abramovich era, I don't think there's any doubt that Potter would have been sacked by now with the with the string of results. The second top four was gone. He was gone. Yeah, kind of. I mean, it, it, that's just what the precedent had been set at, right? And so it's been a major shock to the system that that he's been backed. And I think the, the, the issue that a lot of fans are having is that if you remember all the way back to September, which feels like five and a half years ago, we were unbeaten in nine to start his, his reign, right? We went from bottom of our Champions League group to the top of our Champions League group. We, I think, won our first four uh, Premier League matches, and we were firing all cylinders, and it felt like the football was good, and then Reese James got hurt, then Ben Chilwell got hurt, then, you know, 
so on and so on and so on. Right. And, and the football fell off. And I think the, the lack of some sort of linear progress, even in performances, Dan has probably been the thing that people are pointing to, to go, I don't know what the hell we're doing here. Like, I don't, I I don't, you know, the Dortmund match was, was good football. You know, we praised that football. That was, we, you know, we definitely should have had more out of that game than we got. And then the last two performances have been bad with even more time to rest and plan. It, Again, this is back to the through a match review. Like it's just questions upon questions. It's every time seemingly there there might be an answer, like a player is coming back healthy. You would imagine we get closer to the perfect starting eleven, and yet you know we, we we aren't scoring goals. Or you're looking to try to find repeatable tactical patterns. And, and again, we're we're not professional football managers, and so it'd be fair to say, well, you don't understand this in, in response. And we, that would be a fair criticism. Um, you know, I, I think one thing that was probably the most interesting of, of the quotes when Potter went back to talking about job security was he was, we were talking before the game about watching the Arsenal all for nothing two years into uh, Mikel Arteta's reign. He is close to getting the sack. People want him out. It was seen as a disaster, but things have changed a bit. And then he also pointed to, if you look at Jurgen Klopp's situation, they haven't got all the results and all of a sudden people want him out. That is the nature of football. I haven't done enough this club to have too much good faith. I also accept that. I I don't know if those are the people that you want to be pointing towards <laughs> um, as a marker for where you're going to take things or how you're going to work through situation. I, I see where he's going with that though, right? Yeah. Because in both of their first seasons, they both finished eight, right? Eighth in the eighth in the table. Chelsea are not too far off of eighth in the table, but I don't think anyone would consider eighth in the table some sort of victory this season, right? Like he's entered into a team that two years ago won the Champions League. Liverpool hadn't won fuck all in 10 years when Jurgen Klopp got there. So they were able to, I think, rationalize, you know, the the journey a lot easier than we're than we're doing. And so I think that was a that was a bit of a mistake, like you said. But I, I know why he said it, because that is, you know, he, he's trying to prove that there is a pattern out there that if you give time, even if that first year is tough, progress can happen. You, your your work can get better. Right. I the issue is that when you don't score any goals, you can't win games and you can't even show minor progress in the moment. Like we we have to win games to get to eight. <laughs> that's that's a different scenario than what Klopp and Arteta were doing at this point, you know? So I, I think he has to be you know, I agree, Dan. I think he has to be careful, but that's why he did it. It's it it's the same thing. Uh whatever manager at United you know, I think it was Moya said like City were away. You know, they weren't even close comparable. You just you just have to know. We don't want to ever hear about Arsenal or Tottenham being successful. Ever, right? Try you could have you could have sprinkled in Liverpool, like I don't know, maybe United, like maybe, but Liverpool and Tottenham, they're they're obvious booby traps. You can't step in the London Arsenal. rival shithole. Like yeah. You just got to know. Um, so 
you know, like I said, at least he followed it up with Jurgen Klopp, I guess, right, to try to like quickly pivot. But uh, yeah, that that's the one thing. Unfortunately, when you're not in a great spot, the fans will use that against you. So, uh, anyways, we're gonna take our last ad break. When we're back, maybe some suggestions, some ideas we have uh, to the situation. So, thank the sponsors, and we'll be right back. All right. Well, this might surprise you, but uh, this section is short because our idea list is also short. Uh, Dan is is uh you know pounding on the door he's tired of them trotting out potter every single time dan wants a new voice you give him some answers well this is actually goes back to if you think about this this is what people were asking for tuchel at certain points in tough moments for the club previously like there have been bad spells at chelsea before there'll be good spells at chelsea again there'll be bad spells at chelsea again and it, it is generally the individual put in front being the manager of the club and that is fine and well in, in good times and good tidings and is okay through little bits of rough patches i do think whether it's a one-off interview whether it's a published piece through the media sources that the club trust that getting some type of statement on the record or conversation out there into the world from a director level individual. You know, we have multiple footballing directors at this point at, at Chelsea, very unprecedented times for us to have so many people in our sporting hierarchy. It would go a long way. I think to helping at least address the concern. Hey, we, we, we know things aren't necessarily what we want them to be right now. Here's what we're doing to work towards that. Like phase one was this, like we had to refresh the squad. Like we're going through that right now. This is the, the path we're trying to head towards. Like the, the, like the, the vision has been very general to this point, Nick, like to go out, to, to win again, to be the best club, to learn about the, multiple other clubs that Chelsea are, are going to be going after. We've heard about the Strasbourg news this past week. And like, you know, at this point people are like, well, wait a minute, don't go worry about Strasbourg right now. Go fix the footballing results at Chelsea. Like the, the message is not in control right now. And in the void of the message being controlled by someone at Chelsea, the whole narrative is up to someone else to define. And I, I actually think the best thing that could happen is if Graham got taken a little bit out of the firing line or is like if you're saying Graham Potter's your guy and you're riding out to the end of the season and you're invested for next season and you're moving forward with this, like give the guy some help. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I think there, there are many different ways to um, begin to win a messaging battle, right? The, you can obviously seed stories to journalists. You can, uh, have a game plan that you execute in a press conference. You can, uh, you know, run different events and, and all sorts of stuff. And, you know, the messaging is critical, right? Because the, you know, they, they could go through the Chelsea supporters trust. They could go through any of the fan groups, the shadow board, whatever, you know, kind of structure exists there to, to kind of assuage some of the fears that are going on. I mean, the fact that we're closer to relegation than we are the top four, is very, very, very uncomfortable, right? Um, for a club of this pedigree with the amount of investment that's been put into it, um, it it's, 
you know, it's given people real anxiety um, that, you know, this is not going to go that well. And I think, Brandon, your point about the compression in uh, trying to reform everything after the Abramovich era is correct. But, you know, I think, you know, there's a lot of different ways to, to kind of talk to supporters and communicate your vision without giving away trade secrets, right? Which I think is is the the fine balance. And yeah, I just don't think people want to hear from Potter right now. Um, and I'm sure he'd be fine with a couple of weeks off <laughs> of doing press conferences. Like, yeah. you know, like he tried to be funny on Monday about the crisis meetings that didn't really, you know, work. He's, he's not a comedian by, by trade. Uh, you know, he's been spiky, a little bit spiky, various shades of spiky that hasn't really worked. Like, you know, and so yeah, maybe, maybe we trot someone else out there, but I, I don't, I don't know if that's the only answer either. Yeah, look, I mean, maybe I yeah, I don't think Bully wants to come out and be like, yeah, we're just breaking everything and fixing it the way we want. You know, we're 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 doing everything now. Right. Like because then they're kind of saying like this season's a wash. And I don't think they think it's a wash, but they're definitely doing heavy, heavy reconstruction every single piece of the club that they can. I think they you know, they did their 100 day assessment. They came up with a really long list and they are just attacking anything and everything that they can right now. So uh, I think this really goes part of it to me. You know, I think, Dan, you said, or you asked the question, do we need to stop playing players who won't be here next season? I think the problem is, in an, and Phil said this too, right? So you're in, in good company. Yeah. The problem is you're one injury away from needing that person. You know, like... Or do you just completely go like hard line and say, okay, who's who's in the dev squad? Like you are a hundred percent frozen out, whether it's an Abamyang, it's a Ziesh, you know, I I don't know. I don't really want to throw too many more names. And I'm not saying they're gonna be gone. I just know those are kind of the common ones. You know, do you just say at all costs we are gonna stay this squad and below and that's it? It's tough. You know, because it seems like you're paying all these guys. Can you at least keep them engaged in case you do need them? You got them. It's it's the worst situation to be in. You got to think about market value. When I talked to Matt, he was like, yeah, Win Stanley and Bevel, they are so busy working on outs right now. I mean, it's just, it's a game of fine margins no matter which way you go. It sucks. There's, if Chelsea do not advance... There are 15 matches left in the season for this current crop of players. Some who have not played substantial minutes yet for Chelsea because they were acquired very late in January. They've been here less than a month or just over a month at this point in time. There there are people who are healthy enough to put in 14 to 15. Hopefully it's 17. Hopefully it's 19 because that would mean we're advancing in the to later rounds of the Champions League. And that would be some total great why not us energy. However, the realistic side of the conversation says that it's probably 15. <laughs> it's probably 15 more matches left for the remainder of the season. Um, and so what are you going to learn about playing someone who was a missed form filing away from being on loan to another side in the end of January into February 
who would likely you know be someone to leave versus potentially playing someone who's going to be here now for six years, seven years and giving them the opportunity. And, and look, nothing is perfect right now. So like, I'm also open to the fact that like my idea might be absolutely dog shit. <laughs> like, like that, that's a reality too. Like you know, there could also be like no good ideas, but I, I think the, the premise of, of Phil's comment and kind of where I think I'm going to Nick is that if you, if you're, you're saying that this is long-term like playing individual players who are not going to be here, maybe outside of, Joao Felix because you just need the help in attack and he has shown at least to be someone who can get towards goal and has scored one of those last six goals um, would likely be the only person out of that individual group where I'd say like yes you have to play him everyone else I'd be like let's figure out of the new signings of the Lewis Halls of the world who are we getting opportunity for to try to push forward and, and build some identity for this team that we can really roll into next season a lot stronger than we are now. I joked with Brandon a couple of weeks ago, getting 40 points was going to be a challenge. I like I scoffed just for full transparency. <laughs> two more losses later. Fuck you. I thought about that during this pod. I checked <laughs> the table again, asshole. Like I was like, Oh God. Remember when Nick said that? Oh, <laughs> I literally checked the table thinking about that. One of one of the old rare instances <laughs> oh. where I had a point. Um, but yeah, it's, it's I, what I think you have to do right now is figure out what are the four wins that get you into safety? <laughs> uh, because if you keep fucking around and lose to Southampton, lose to Everton, lose to, you know, West Ham, whatever the case is, your 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 bottom you know the the set bottom half of the table teams that you need to beat to stay up like you need to find those four wins and you need to actually get them first and foremost like that needs to happen like i don't give a shit about any of the rest of the optics right now you need to find people who can get you those wins and and i think that graham like this this is on graham like he is responsible for setting up the team the team and the structure that he has put out over, you know, since November, where we have scored six goals in 12 matches, that's one half goal per match, which is no goals per match, basically. Uh, he has to set, he has to find an answer. He has to set up the team differently. I don't care if it's a back five. I don't care if it's two center backs and nine attackers. It doesn't really matter to me. Like, and I realize that would be 12, but whatever. New new formation. Maybe we cheat our way through, uh, but it, it's is it just to pay to, fine? Because if if all he's to do is pay a fine to get the twelfth man yeah. out there, I say go for it. Yeah, if we like, were any other team, you know who would be our manager right now? Who? Big Sam. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hey, you need nine points. That's my thing. I got you nine <laughs> points, baby. Love getting nine points, baby. Come on, <laughs> uh, that's what Deitch is doing. Hey, he's uh, like, I mean, you don't seriously. even need to give me a long contract. Literally through the summer, I'm good. <laughs> what, I, what I love about the the Deitch thing, he's he's like, I think I know where this is going. <laughs> oh like, you know, I, I don't think I'm going to be the long term solution here. But like they have an identity. And uh, again, find four wins. That's what you have to do. Um, and after that, you know, it's it's really finding a formation that the team can operate within. And yeah, N'Golo Conte will be a valuable asset to have in some sort of stretch run. And I'm sure you know, the team will improve once he gets in there. But I also thought the team was going to improve when Enzo came through and when Mujic came through and when, you know, we had a healthy 
center back pairings and when we had healthy fullbacks and it just hasn't clicked man and so i think there there just needs to be work done on that so so just just to just to give people the rundown so chelsea have left to play Leeds, which we'll be there for which hopefully we are again the good luck talisman we get the w there so three points we don't have to worry about come on everton villa liverpool wolves brighton united brentford arsenal bournemouth forest city and newcastle I'm like 50-50. You don't really like that, do you? It's not great. I hate Brighton. I wish we didn't have to play them again. Uh, and the, and, the, and the, we'll get to it, but it's like you have like an eight-team pileup at the bottom for relegation. So even if you're playing a shit team, they're going to be fighting for their lives. So they might as well be a top-four team. Uh, just our luck. Well, obviously, we didn't do a Dan of the Match because that's the rule. Um. It was a light weekend of games because they had the Carabao Cup final today. Manchester United won. <clears throat> Friday, Fulham Wolves drew 1-1. And then uh, Villa beat Everton 2-0. Leeds beat Southampton 1-0. Uh, Arsenal beat Leicester 1-0. West Ham smashed Forest 4-0. City beat Where Bournemouth. Where did that come from? Yeah, I don't know. What the hell? And it, I think it was like 0-0 at half or like something. Like they just turned it on. Even Declan scored. City 4, Bournemouth 1, and then Liverpool Palace 0-0. Zero, zero. Obviously, our result was on Sunday. So, um, just damp from the league this weekend. You know, Arsenal squeaking by again. Um, you're just hoping that they slip. You know, thankfully, City's continuing to put on the pressure because Arsenal's top of the table, 57 points. They think that it might only need 85, 87 points to win the league this year, which, again, would be super low. We- we, we are legitimately 14 points behind Tottenham at this point in the season, yeah. and we are 26 points behind Arsenal yeah. at this point in the season. I mean, in, in your wildest dreams or nightmares, no more, dreams. More, more accurately, like that that is fucking wild. And, and I think to the point of Arsenal, you know, which has been the most painful stretch that I can remember going through as, as an opposition fan – and City better fucking figure out how to get this thing done, <laughs> because my God, I, I couldn't, I couldn't bear it. Um, those self righteous assholes, but um, th- they have a different winning mentality right now. They won, like they didn't play well on Saturday. I, I watched it. They were all over the map. That you know, they were kind of squeaking by. They got a scrappy little goal in, and you know that was that. Mm-hmm. And then they closed up shop. It's eerily familiar of another team that I used to remember who used to do, do similar things. And that's crazy, man. Like we, we need to find that sort of belief again. We don't have it right now. You have 14 games remaining in the Premier League. You have a maximum. If you have won every single game outright of 73 points, that would be the maximum amount of points that you could obtain between now and the end of the season. I think if we are, above 50 where are you getting 20 additional points from right here name them you you name the games <laughs> where are we getting 20 points and if you're if you're above 50 it's crazy right like we, we have 31 points it's right a now. long road hey the only thing that potter said that i fully agree with is the only thing he's focused on is leads right now 
Every game is a must win from here on out. Act like it. Take it serious. Uh, the tables that stands Arsenal top 57 city in second on 55 United in third on 49 and, uh, Tottenham in fourth on 45 Newcastle who have the fewest losses this season with two are in fifth with 41 points. Look at a rebuild. They haven't splashed the cash. They've been smart with their signings picked up Eddie Howe. Yeah, they've, they've done some splashing, but not the big cannonball right. that we expected for sure. Um, I would say they've been smart with the money, right? And they've yep. done a good job of spending in that sense. Um, and then at the bottom, you've got Everton in 18th on 21 points, Bournemouth in 19th on 21 points, and Southampton 20th on 18 points, right? And we're on 31 points. Uh, you've got, thankfully, a little buffer between us and the teams below us, but not much. Uh, you've got Leicester in 14th on 24, right? So there's three points between 18th and 14th. Like I said, you playing anyone that's 14th to 20th towards from here to the end of the season, they're going to play like a top four team because they're going to bite, scratch, pull hair, do whatever they can to stay up. And that is not good. So again, Mr. Super Optimism, Dan, I get it. It's going to be tough. Do I think that we have the players and, and the ability to do it? Hell yeah. But unfortunately, we haven't seen it in a long time. We've forgotten about it. We've lost the spark. The love isn't there. Something needs to happen uh, to bring it back for everybody involved because uh, it's just not enjoyable right now. And we're too far away from summer to ride this out, it feels like. All right. Well, it's not April. Yep. That's a, that's what we've got for this one. I can't believe it's only the end of February. Like I'm just blown away. I know it's almost March, <laughs> but like I am feeling like it should be April at this point and, and we're nowhere near it. So, uh, that's going to wrap us up. Uh, hope you enjoyed it. Hope you got something out of it. Obviously this isn't a, you know, detail by detail match review. Um, there's no point in doing that right now. You know, things are different. So, uh, we'll be back this week. I'm talking with Phil, uh, Chelsea youth. Uh, I know we're going to be doing a, a pre-London pod and then uh, wheels up, baby. Wheels up. Wild. It's it's already here. Yeah. So for, for our London friends, we will see you soon. Absolutely. And uh, to our American friends that are also going to be there and international fans, we will also see you. We are very excited. But anyways, that's going to wrap us up for tonight. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, let us know on social. As always, let's get in touch. Keep the conversation moving. Uh, if you want to save space, come to our Discord at Patreon is how you get connected there. But anyways, and Chelsea fans, that's it. We're tired. We're done. Been a long day. So until next time, Chelsea fans, you know what to do. Get the blue flag flying high.